So U.S. intelligence officials are dealing with the most credible terrorist threat in years as 19 diplomatic posts in the Middle East and Africa remain closed. Let's talk to Bill Crystal, editor of the Weekly Standard. Bill, thanks so much for your time. Hey, Michael. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. I, I heard a uh, very wise person talking about this this weekend. Could we listen to a little bit of his audio just for a second, please? Four years ago, President Obama gave a much heralded speech, his outreach to the Muslim world, and now four years later, we're closing embassies throughout the Muslim world. A year ago, the president said al-Qaeda is on the run, and now we're, we seem to be on the run. So uh, what do you think, Bill Crystal? That guy sounded pretty smart to me. You know, I, I agree 100% with him. And, uh... <laughs> Only people listen to him more, you know. No, that's what I said, and that's what I believe. And I, I've got us. That was, I think, uh, I said that yesterday morning. Obviously, before uh, the announcement that we were going to keep I, I, the huge bulk of these embassies, 19 of them, I think, closed through the week. And I, again, I'm not second guessing the, the the judgment of the government. They're obviously trying to weigh things in the balance and make sure they protect Americans and others as well as they can. But we shouldn't kid ourselves. This is really a blow to us. Uh, in the region. I, I talked with an ambassador from the region about 10 days ago, and this is before any of this, of course, and he said, I just, you know, he's a friend. I mean, a friend of the U.S. Uh, we don't agree with his government on everything, but I think he wants a strong U.S. in the region, knows what the region could look like with the U.S. Uh, with the U.S. withdrawal. And he just said, I, I can't tell you how much the image is getting settled in people's minds that you guys are out of it, that you're withdrawing, that you're retreating, uh, that your friends can't really count on you to do much, and your enemies can probably push you around a fair amount. Um, and that's despite, you know, the occasional drone strikes, which are good, and uh, despite the fact that we still have troops in Afghanistan, which is good, but, but unfortunately the president just seems so eager to get them out. And, of course, we got out of Iraq, and look what happened there. We said we would intervene in Syria, and we didn't. And we said there were red lines, and they weren't enforced, and Iran's going nuclear. And it's just the degree to which, you know, these things can sort of spiral out of control, that when people really lose confidence in a great power's willingness to, to, to fight and to intervene and to be strong, it's bad, and I think, again, the signal of us sort of closing the embassies, uh, we got, you know, it just, it just sends a signal that we are, um, you know, that we're on the run, as I said, al-Qaeda. We said al-Qaeda's on the run, but then we're the ones closing the embassies, and they seem to be the one on the offensive. Oh, no, no, we're, uh, al-Qaeda is on the run. They're having to run to pursue us as we flee the embassies. Yeah. They can't keep up with us. That's the sad part here. How did we get here? You, you, I've heard many times people mention that this is a symbol of America's status in the world, the lack of fear that other countries or other forces actually more accurately seem to have for us. How do you think we got here? Was it a single incident or two? Is it, for example, some people speculate that the fact that Benghazi occurred and nobody paid a price for it contributed to this aggressiveness by al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula? Or do you think it's just the general tone of the Obama administration, appeasement just inevitably leads us here? How did we get here? I think Benghazi is a big part of it. I mean, I just think an attack on an American, on American diplomatic uh, outposts, uh, four Americans killed and no retaliation, and then CNN sends someone and they interview one of the apparent perpetrators, and we seem unable or interested in finding him and uh, bringing him to justice. I just think, you know, people throughout the Muslim world and people throughout the whole world look at that and they think, geez, um, 
Now, I do think, look, it goes back to the beginning of the Obama administration. It goes back to the second term of the Bush administration. The one time people really were worried was 0304 after we intervened, had intervened in Afghanistan successfully at that point, intervened in Iraq successfully at that point. It wasn't clear we were going to not reinforce our troops and let things get out of control. And that's when Iran stopped its nuclear program temporarily. That's when Syria apparently was very, very worried. Um, I do think the second term of the Bush administration, except for the surge, which was very, very important, uh, was not great. And then, of course, Obama just accelerated everything bad about the second term of Bush. Um, and Benghazi is kind of an exclamation point, though, I think. You know, we had a, when the USS Cole was attacked in October 2000, um, uh, Clinton did nothing about it in his remaining months in office. Bush did nothing about it in his first six months in office. And I remember talking to a Middle East expert in August of 2001, so this is before, obviously, September 11th. And he said, I said, are you worried about the terror situation? And people weren't talking about it much here. He said he was very worried because he just he was in the Middle East, had come back from the Middle East, and said you just can't underestimate how much of a signal it seems to send about what Osama bin Laden calls the strong horse and the weak horse when you have one of your warships attacked and no one seems to be paying a price for it. You don't seem, even seem particularly exercised about it. And so I, I'm worried that we're in a similar situation today. You know, the, the uh, feedback I get is whenever America is not doing something, it's good. In other words, the, for example, the European media stuff and their attitude is, we're glad America's not acting. And I say, yeah, well, the consequence of America not acting is Benghazi, the, the, the thing that's, you know, closing embassies around the world. And their attitude is they would rather have the consequences of an uh, inactive or an America in retreat than they would the consequences of an, act, of an active America that's trying to defend our friends abroad. What are they missing, Bill? Well, look, interventions are, of course, problematic, and, and, and they have, we pay a price for that, too. And, and no one is, for incidentally, you know, wildly intervening everywhere. But I think they're missing the real consequences. We haven't seen them yet. Because we have had, for decades, really, a pretty strong America in the Middle East, certainly since, since uh, Kissinger uh, was able to flip Egypt after the Yom Kippur War. We've had the sense, whatever our internal criticisms of Clinton or Bush, for that matter, or Obama, I think for really 30, 40 years, there was a real sense of America being a pretty potent player in that region. And, um, and I, once that, we don't know yet what the world looks like when that really starts to evaporate. I don't think it's quite gone yet. I do think the drone strikes help. I think the notion that you know, we're still a very powerful country, the notion that we might act against Iran helps. I do think, incidentally, if we acted against Iran's nuclear program, that would turn things around pretty quickly. But to the longer the president talks and does nothing, and again, the bluster is even worse than just saying nothing and doing nothing. The red lines, the combination, I'd say, of the non the non enforced red lines in Syria and Benghazi. If you ask me to pick two things, they'd be getting out of Iraq without leaving any troops and therefore any concern about almost right. like what was happening there, and the non enforced red lines in Syria and Benghazi. I mean, just to pick three, those are three things that any one of them probably you know was surmountable. But you put the three together, and people start to think that's a pattern. You know, I, when you mentioned to some people, Bill, the, the idea that we should have left troops in Iraq, their whole message is, no, we should have gotten out. Just get out, get out, get out, get out. And I, I, I'm surprised that, they're, that more people don't see, well, yeah, you can get out, but just as there are consequences for going in, there are consequences for, say, leaving a Saddam in power or for, say, leaving an al-Qaeda attack unanswered. And they don't seem to be able to make that connection that there's nothing free about leaving Iraq in the hands of the worst of the worst. Well, I mean, it's easier to see the consequences of action than inaction. It's easier to see errors of commission than of omission, I guess. That's true in, not just in foreign policy, but in life, right? I mean, you know, uh, um, 
you, you do something, you take a risk, maybe it doesn't go well, and you, you see what happened. You don't see what would have happened if you hadn't taken the risk, but perhaps it's just been vulnerable to, you know, to whatever was about to happen to you. So I, I, I just think that's maybe the way people are automatically. They're kind of conservative with a little C. They kind of hope that hunkering down will save us from problems. I think that's really true in foreign policy, that, that there's this kind of... Uh, uh, you know, what Obama urged people in Boston to do, shelter in place. There really is this right. wish that we could shelter in place. But as in that case, where it turned out, you know, luckily the guy uh, was, was seen and uh, by someone and, and we were able to get him, uh, I don't think sheltering in place is a very good way to fight terrorism. You know, Bill, I, you, you have the conversation about the Middle East, and it's complicated, and there have been a lot of issues over a lot of time. Some people throw up their hands, but come on. Even the most passionate supporter of the Obama administration has to see what his resetting our relations with Russia has wrought, don't they? You would think. I mean, that was the case study, the reset, and they have just doubled down on that so many times, but they never wanted to admit that it was wrong. There was a moment two years ago, incidentally, where I, even I would have said, look, I never liked the reset with Russia. It was too trustworthy of Putin. But I can see if you're a new administration, you would try it. We didn't pay that much of a price for it probably in the first couple of years. Um, but now, could we... You know, now reality is hit. Could we please adjust to reality? But they are so obstinate on that, uh, have been so obstinate on that, that they've made it worse. And again, I think this is the case where it's not just people don't people do, do, do draw consequences worldwide. And so when they see the Middle East and they see Russia and they see other parts of the world where we just seem to be in, in disarray, I, I can't uh, um, uh, overemphasize either the, the importance of the slashing of the defense budget. The Obama administration talks about a pivot to Asia we're not going to have the assets on the air or in the sea to really pivot in any serious way to Asia. And the Chinese see that. So it is a very uh, worrisome prospect. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope the president, I don't have great faith in this president, but he is president for the next three and a half years. We don't have a parliamentary system. <laughs> so I hope he at least adjusts a little bit. Carter adjusted in 79, late 79, and, and uh, was kind of ineffectual perhaps in the way he did, but he did boost defense spending. He did try to get tougher in 1980. I hope this president does that. One last question for you. If you had to summarize, just as we had the Reagan doctrine and to a degree, was there a Clinton doctrine? I know there was a Bush doctrine. Mm -hmm. Do we have an Obama doctrine that the average citizen can understand America's stance towards the rest of the world? I mean, I think it really is the notion that we are the cause of a lot of problems in the world. And if we retreat and trust in diplomacy and... Uh, and uh, things will get better, or at least we, even if they don't get better, look at Syria, we will be spared the consequences. And I do think he's kind of gotten away with it so far, but a lot of the consequences take a while to hit. But I'm fearful that, and I'm not just fearful, I really expect over the next, uh, I think we're now seeing the consequences of inaction. But yeah, the Obama doctrine is a retreat and inaction, and I think we will, I just hope we don't pay too high a price for it. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael.